When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of the Analyst Inside Cricket is brought to you by IG, official partners of England Cricket, and the place to go if you want to get on the front foot and manage your own investments. IG's platform allows you to invest in thousands of international shares and exchange-traded funds, as well as a number of fully managed, ready-made portfolios if you'd rather leave it to the experts. To find out more, go to ig.com investing Remembering that the value of your investments may fall as well as rise, and you may get back less than you deposit. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match! Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Now, look back at the fourth day's play in the final test between England and South Africa. The fourth day, although only the second day. And I mentioned the fact that it's only the second day in reality because this is turning out to be an extraordinary series. I don't know whether many of you listeners recall when Channel 4 took over the coverage of cricket and there was a, a big sort of advertising slogan at the time, sort of late 90s, early 2000s, saying cricket just got better. Uh, partly because England were playing well and partly because Channel 4 were covering it pretty well, though though I say it myself. Uh, but this is now cricket just got faster, I think, because if you look at this series, and this match obviously hastening to a rapid conclusion after two days, going off a bad light, England uh, poised to win it with 33 required to win and all 10 wickets in hand. But if you add up the overs over the whole series, three tests... They only come to 560 so far. That is just over five days play because 450 overs in five days. So 560 is basically just over six days play. Uh, that is almost the conclusion of three tests. It's an amazing stat. I think I heard on BBC Radio that it's one of the shortest test series by overs since about 1920. Or something. We have Simon Wilde here with us today, the cricket correspondent of the Sunday Times and also writing regular columns for the Daily Times. Simon, before we get into what you wrote about today, 
what about this extraordinary short series and this cricket on speed scenario? Yeah, it's well, I mean, England have been playing fast cricket all summer, haven't they? But uh, this has become cricket of a, of a rather different nature. Um, both sides uh, weaker in batting than bowling. And we've just seen batting teams been skittled time after time after time. Um, England batted well in Old, at Old Trafford in the previous match. South Africa batted pretty well at Lords, but in this game, neither team has batted particularly well, and this, that's why we've ended up with what has been virtually a two-day Test match. I mean, it'll be done well inside seven sessions, um, which is extraordinary. So, South Africa have been rather dragged into England's style of play, really, which is played on speed. Yeah, uh, both first innings lasted precisely 36.2 overs. I mean, that's not even a 40-over game, which we used to play on Sundays in the 1998s and 1990s. So 72 overs total for the first two innings of the game. South Africa, at least in the second innings of, of this test, lasted 56 overs. And then England rattling along at an absolutely mad rate, mad cap rate, 97 for naught of 17 overs before bad light intervened. Uh, a point I, I might raise there, actually, uh, regardless of the impressiveness of England's play, shouldn't they really have started this test match at 10.30? Because September, the light always goes at 6.30. Yes. Well, that's a very good point. I don't think they do that. We've had we've had a bit of um, uh, eruptions before about um, the umpires and, and light. And I think in, um, I think two years ago, during the uh, COVID pandemic, and we were playing behind closed doors as a test at Southampton, where people were getting very angry about the fact the umpires were were not playing when they felt they should have done. Um, this is a maybe a different, slightly different situation where it's it's simply that the hours of play aren't right. And as you say, it's getting dark by six six thirty. We stopped at six thirty last night. We stopped at six forty tonight. I think um, there's no chance really of going on much beyond that, even with floodlights. So yeah, there's a perfectly good case for starting at 10.30, it's been pretty sunny and clear. It's not, there's no, there's no really dew involved, I don't think, at that time of the morning. So, yes, we could have done that. I guess, um, you know, it's being churlish to to complain about the, the fair on offer, given that we've got 30 wickets have fallen already in two days, so no shortage of incident. But I suppose if you look at the South African innings and, in fact, their performance over the Test Series as a whole, there is a, a bit of a dearth of, of batting talent, isn't there? They've only produced 150 in the whole series, and that was they um, who made 73 at Lords. But, it's, but since then, I mean, looking at their scores today, 26, 36, 23, a few in the teens, 169 all out... I mean, it's not great, really, is it? No, and and what happened today was where they did have one partnership in terms of the uh, number of overs they stayed together. Um, even that partnership didn't produce any runs. They simply couldn't put the pressure back on the English bowling, which was really good. But there was no... They were, they were incapable of uh, of dominating in any shape or form. They, they just hung in and hoped to survive. So there were, the initiative was always with England as it was in the first innings. Um, so, the, yeah, very disappointing. And then the South Africa must be worried about the state of their batting at the moment. Uh, inexperienced and possibly not good enough. Um, Quinton, De, I think yesterday we spoke about some of the greats they had re, uh, in the recent years um, who've now retired. Of course, Quinton de Kock retired in December, didn't he? I mean, he, he, he was a, a, a test match batsman 
of some note. Um, and Temba Bavoom is injured at the moment. But who else have they got, really? You know, there's a lot of guys here who've played fewer than 10 tests. So it's a real problem for them. Mm. So the wickets for England shared around. And of course, actually, we, we should, before we get into England's bowling, I mean, we should just, I suppose, quickly alight on the fact that you've seen part of three innings today because England resumed on 150-odd for, for seven. And you thought, well, surely they can get manage about 40-odd runs and get to 200. But that was not to be at all. They only added about four for the loss of the last three wickets. Pretty tame end to the England innings. Then we saw South Africa come into bat. And actually, they put together a decent first-wicket partnership, which was broken by eventually by Ben Stokes with a classic sort of ball round the wicket sort of veered away from the left-handed uh, are they? And he, he drove at it and was well caught by, by Root at first slip. But you've written about how England turned the game around in the second session with the old firm of Anderson and Broad. Yes, well, after lunch, Anderson and Broad, uh, Stokes teamed up Anderson and Broad and they bowled together for, um, well, around the drinks break, really. It was a slightly longer session, two and a half hours, because of time we've been making up. So they probably bowled together 70, 75 minutes. And then there's a double bowling change. Stokes and Robinson took over from those two. And they bowled right through to, to T and actually, in Stokes' case, a bit beyond. So those four guys all bowled long spells. Broad bowled a terrific spell of, I think, eight overs, two for 21. Uh, Anderson gave absolutely nothing away and, and got one wicket. Um, and that was sort of like they, those two rolled back the years a little bit. It was like the, you know, the good old days. Um, that was my sort of theme, really, the Anderson Broad show. Um, they came back at the end and picked up a couple of tail enders as well. So they've ended the match with 10 wickets between them. Um, and they've had a terrific summer. I think that over the seven tests, Anderson missed leads, didn't he? He had an ankle injury. But over the seven tests, they took 56 wickets between them, which is up there with some of the best summers they've had in England. And obviously, they've been two great English bowl conditions bowlers, haven't they? Um, so considering they didn't go to the West Indies, um, it's been a remarkable comeback. Um, but yeah, the, that that hour after lunch, they the, those two combined really well. Um, Broad was a little bit fortunate with the wicket of Dean Elgar. Um, he wasn't really out, but he was given out LBW, and Elgar was so sort of overwhelmed by the the style of Broad's uh, appeal, LBW shout. That Broad seemed absolutely convinced that Elgar seemed to just trudge off and didn't even think about reviewing. But if he had reviewed, he would have missed leg stump by a good three centimeters. Mm. Yeah, well, that was a big turning point, wasn't it? Because they were at that point 83 for one with a lead of, I suppose, 40 or something like that. So not a bad position to be in uh, at 40 for one, effectively. Yeah. Uh, Elgar, was, Elgar was well set by that point as well. Mm. Although, uh, just to yeah. sort of elaborate on that incident, um, that LBW shot was the third in four balls in that over. Um, Broad had wrapped him on the buds twice, both missing, uh, I think, fairly obviously but close nonetheless so by the third lbw share i think everyone was thinking well that that does look close <laughs> even elgar thought that presumably um so uh yeah i mean elgar is obviously capable of scoring 100 in these sort of situations he, he could have had it all day couldn't he so um that was a massive uh, moment hmm. yeah uh, it, it was and i was actually listening to it on the radio at that point i should admit that uh, I watched the morning session and then I had to set up a, a game today in aid of my father, my late father's scholarship fund. We play this match every year 
And I, I mentioned this game because, uh, well, firstly, it went to the last ball and uh, it was won by one run by my team. Uh, I actually <laughs> didn't play. I umpired and scored at the same time using an electronic scoring device, uh, which is a first for me. But I'm going to talk about something I did later in the game uh, at, at some point. Uh, but I was listening to the, the, the second session on the radio, actually, and, and following it. And it, it clearly, it sort of ebbed and flowed quite a bit. But how was the atmosphere today at the Oval? Because yesterday, you know, we both talked and wrote about the unique atmosphere, the passion, the, the, the sort of people coming together to celebrate a, a great life. Uh, today, perhaps a bit more exuberant was the crowd? Yeah, it was a little bit. And there was occasional bursts of... Um... Uh, you know, Jimmy Anderson sort of the sort of Barmy Army type singing that you sometimes get. There was a little bit more of that. It was more like a conventional days test cricket, I thought. Um, but the crowd was still, although it was full, you know, it was a full house and they were having a perfectly nice time. Um, it's, it still felt perhaps more respectful, if that's the right word, just a little bit more, uh, less raucous, I suppose. But there, were, the, but there was some chanting and, the, and there was, you know, the crowd were, they were up for an England win. There's no doubt about that. And they were right behind England players and they celebrated all the wickets, as you'd expect. Um, and they would have loved, I think, to see England finish the job in, you know, in the evening. But as I say, about 6.40, the light was just starting, starting to go and the umpires took them off. But it would have, another half an hour and England would have, less than that possibly, England would, England would have got home. But it was just, it was getting too dark. But no, it was a good atmosphere and a, you know, great day. And I think the England players, Stokes and uh, I think Stuart Broad um, were, were sort of quite animated on the balcony when the umpires brought them off. They were they were keen to get it done. It's insane, isn't it, that, that we still have these issues with light, even, even today in 2022. I mean, it's just one of those things that's uh, almost unspeakably annoying about cricket that takes one step forward and two back all the time. Uh, just just going back to England's bowling, though, uh, uh, Stokes, he's amazing, isn't he? I mean, he bowled a ball today, which I thought was uh, reminiscent of Ian Botham in his pomp, knocked over uh, Marco Janssen, leg stump, in big in-swinger through the gate, took the leg stump out, and he kind of just shrugged almost with uh, delight in a way, I think, Stokes. But what an amazing cricketer he is. And, and, you know, he and Robinson showed the burden of that second hour and basically ground down the, the South Africans and polished them off for a, an eminently gettable score. Yeah, and he bowled, I mean, he bowled, um, he bowled before, in, in that sort of um, uh, second hour of the afternoon, a bit more, and then he carried on after tea. And, and we thought he was, at the time, we thought he was just going to bowl up to tea to, to, to allow Anderson and Broad a proper rest up to the interval. And then they would come back after tea. They didn't immediately. He he carried on bowling. Um, he had to finish an over, to be fair, because he'd taken a wicket uh, directly before the break. Um, and he got another wicket straight away. Um, but he kept going. And as a result, I think he bowled 13 overs. I'm saying, I think he's, yeah, he bowled 13 overs in the innings. They were all one spell, either side of the team. And he did something similar at Old Trafford, didn't he, where he bowled, was it 14 overs? So, I mean, this guy is, you know, he is both a mask in his stamina, yeah. isn't he? It's incredible. Mm. Uh, and he he was doing a lot of wincing and you know, his knee was clearly playing up. But he kept going. It was it was a, a tour de force. I mean, he, and he took some key wickets. He took the first wicket of the innings. 
um, came back and got a couple around tea time. You know, he just kept pushing the game forward. He was absolutely, he's absolutely determined to win this game. There's no way this is going to be a draw, and it, it obviously isn't now. And he was determined England were going to win. He, he's, he's made it happen. Time for another shout out for our sponsor, IG. If you're investing for the future and want to put yourself in the best possible position to achieve the best possible outcomes, then you could do worse than considering investments from IG. Through IG's investing platform, you can pick from thousands of UK and international shares with low commissions and extended hours on dozens of major US stocks. You can also discover the potential of exchange-traded funds, or ETFs, which allow you to invest in the performances of a wide range of different sectors, regions, assets and themes, like clean energy, electric vehicles or AI. Or, if you'd rather leave it to the experts, you can choose from a number of ready-made, low-cost IG smart portfolios, each designed and managed for you in line with your preferred risk appetite. All options are available as a tax-efficient ISA, with a SIP account coming very soon. To find out more, go to ig.com slash investing, remembering that the value of your investments may fall as well as rise, and you may get back less than you deposit. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply So two wickets for Anderson and Ollie Robinson and three for Broad and Stokes, knocking over South Africa at 169, leaving England 130 to win. And, well, you know, I I was listening and umpiring at the same time, thinking, I bet they're going to go for it. (laughs) And, of course, they did. And, in a way, it was lovely to see and hear the way they approached it, actually. Because sometimes, I mean, Zach Crawley's had a horrible series of struggles over the the few test matches and at times you sort of think he doesn't know what sort of player he is anymore he played that doggy innings of 30 odd in the second in, in the second test match at old trafford and that was a valuable innings actually which was commended by stokes in his post match chat but that's not really crawley is it i mean crawley is someone we know plays these regal drives and and pull shots and what was rather nice today was he unfurled those you know, you saw the, the the big booming drives. It was the it was the right situation. But I think what's what's kind of hampered him so often is he's tried those drives in inappropriate circumstances when the ball is moving around, the new ball is zipping and and swinging, and uh, you know it's just those are risky shots to play against a, a, a top class Test bowler with armed with a Duke's ball, the new ball. 
But today, when England were trying to hasten victory and they were obviously buoyed and empowered by the crowd as well, it really seemed to, to embolden Crawley and brought the best out of him. Mm. Yeah, he seems happier with a with a, a sort of small... Uh, if you're starting a, a test match, you know, the, the, uh, day one of a test match, and there's a big blank canvas, and in theory he could bat for two days, it's almost like he doesn't quite know how to bit. But if you say to him, we need 130 to win and we'd like you to try and do it, you know, the next two hours, that would suit us fine. He, he seems to have a better chance of success that way. Um, you know, a lot of people say he doesn't know how to construct a test innings, you know, old fashioned test innings. And maybe that is actually the case. But in some scenarios, you don't need to build an old fashioned test innings. Um, a, a rapid 50 or 60 of the sort of innings he's played today is enough to get England near to the finishing line. And he seems he seems more comfortable doing that. There's also this element, I think, with England as well, where they're very intent. I think Joe Andrew Strauss on commentary today mentioned that he'd chatted to Joe Root, and one of their thoughts was that they wanted to knock the bowlers off their length. That was really important. I mean, some of the England players were criticised for the way they batted yesterday, Root and Stokes particularly. But maybe their mindset was, well, we have got to. We don't want to. We're not going to let them simply bowl at us. We've got to. We've got to try and dictate, and. You might get out doing it, but that's that's what they're trying to do. And and Crawley did a bit of that today as well. He's happiest when he's he's trying to put the pressure back on the opposition. So England are playing a different type of Test cricket, and you know we all have our opinions on it. But Actually, that's it seems, yeah, I mean it seems to fit Crawley. It seems to suit him better than perhaps Lees, who I don't feel is a natural striker of the ball. He's he's more crab like and. Yeah, I, you know, I know he's done all right in one-day cricket, actually, but I sort of feel that when he tries to drive on the up, it doesn't look right somehow, and, and it sort of tends to skew off the edge and and so on. But anyway, he got to his uh, 30-odd not out, and the partnership, 97, uh, just when they were looking like they were taking uh, the, the match to its conclusion, the umpires uh, took them off the field, trying to abide by the same light reading that they had yesterday. So we have that farce of... 33 to win and a whole day left to get it. Uh, everyone's got to come back tomorrow. I think various charities are going to benefit actually from the tickets sales in the morning, which is a good idea. So uh, tickets are available and it's not going to be very much play, I guess. Uh, probably, well, if, if you're lucky, 10 overs, probably less. Uh, actually, it reminds me of that. It reminds me of a test match. No, it reminds me of a one day World Cup match that Simon Mann and I covered in Bangladesh once, where we we travelled from Chennai to Dhaka, which took us basically 24 hours to cover West Indies v Bangladesh in Dhaka. And we got there, it took us 24 hours, we got to the ground, Bangladesh were bowled out for 56, and West Indies knocked it off, off in seven overs. And then we headed off to back to Chennai again. Uh, but so it's going to be a bit like that tomorrow, uh, 33 odd runs to win for England, and you can't see any kind of upsets occurring there. So, as you know, our sponsor IG provides individual investors with the platform to build a portfolio by picking their own investments from thousands of international shares. So the question is, how well have these two teams been picking their shots today? And in particular, I suppose, looking at that Crawley-Lees opening stand, how good was their shot selection today? Well, actually, there were a couple of shots I saw, Simon, that I just thought were classic Crawley regal shots one was this 
front foot pull shot. And it's it's a difficult shot to play a front foot pull shot against bowlers of the pace of either Kikiza Rabada or Anrich Nokia, you know, 90 odd miles an hour. And he's pulling a ball, which isn't that short, off the front foot and sort of swiveling it to the boundary. He hit one of those today. And he also hit an absolutely gorgeous clip through mid-wicket. And this is where I think you can see the class of Crawley. A ball on a length, rapid pace, on about midland leg, hitting midland leg, I'd say. And he just leans on it and just sort of flicks it away through mid-wicket and it races to the boundary. Now, that shot is making a boundary out of actually a reasonable ball. It's not a half mm. on It's not short. And that's where I think picking that time to play that shot and executing like he did just shows his real quality. And that's what the and that's why the guys in the dressing room pick him, isn't it? This is why McCullum and Stokes back him, because they see him playing those shots and they think, well, who else can do that? Um yeah, he's. I mean, he is a joy to watch when he gets it right, but um, it's uh, you know it's fleeting at the moment, isn't it? But um... and, and whereas picking shots, I just think Lee's as I, as I early as I said earlier, he's sort of he tries to play those forcing shots off the front foot to a goodish length or back of a length ball, and it doesn't look right, and it skews off a, a thickish edge, goes back through backward point. So. I think he's got to pick his shots a different way. I think he's more of a cutter and maybe a puller. I don't really like his driving seems to, he, he, he almost what we call chokes the bat handle and the, the bat doesn't come through that cleanly. It sort of seems to come through sort of half a bat as if he's hitting it through mid-wicket, but it, it, it goes down the ground. So, yeah, picking his shots and, and picking their moment was Dean Elgar today who should have reviewed his LBW, but he just walked, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a that was a, the worst decision of the day, probably, wasn't it? All in all, um, and it's it, it's a it's a big surprise that he did that because when you, you when you immediately saw the replay, you thought surely sliding down leg, and and, and it was. But I, I guess it was the pressure of what Broad had done earlier in the over, where he he'd beaten him a couple of times. It, I think um, I think Sean Pollock said on commentary that he thought that he, he just showed that he didn't know where his off stump was. He sort of got his you know he was, he's out of alignment. Um, and I think it was the Keegan Peterson uh, made a, a poor pick as well when he was um, he, he, he chased a, a, a slightly wildish ball and was um, was was caught in the the extensive uh, catching cordon that England had. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he he didn't pick too well either. Well, one of the features of this game actually has been the the, the slip cordons, which have been five or six strong a lot of the time. Amazing to see. So those were the shots of the day with IG. To find out more, go to ig.com slash investing. So we're nearly done today looking back at, the, at this second day, Simon. I, I just wanted to mention one thing that, that I did do today, though. Uh, and I said I mentioned this match I staged earlier uh, to raise money for my father's uh, scholarship fund for underprivileged kids at Ealing CC. It was a match between my 11 and Millfields, who are a very jolly wandering club play all around london and the southeast actually go on tour to north york moors most years as well uh, a great bunch of guys it went to the last ball the match today and we actually won by one run but the reason i mentioned it is because i was at square leg during the game and i decided to film a bit of the game from my uh, just with my iphone and i happened to film a stumping which i gave not out but the uh one or two of the players were aware that I had actually filmed it 
So they said, well, why don't you look back at it, see if it was out. So I did. And I've gotten the decision wrong. <laughs> um, and it actually, the batsman actually hadn't got back. So I think this is the first instance of a sort of self-instigated DRS in a club game. And, um, you know, uh, it's not far away, actually, from happening because there's a couple of uh, apps you can get now. One of them is called Full Track, which is a bit like Hawkeye and actually monitors the ball as you as it goes down and can be used an iphone can install this app and basically film the ball going down and then give you all sorts of uh, graphics on the back of it a bit like hawkeye it can show you the ball track the speed the spin the amount of movement etc it can also show you know if the ball was uh, if the batsman was out of his crease or whatever so i think um, we're going to see this quite a bit more in the next couple of years is certainly replays and potentially DRS in county cricket and even in club cricket. So, so what do you say to that? Well, I think that's marvellous. I mean, I, I think that's, uh, that's terrific. Um, and I'm sure lots of uh, club cricketers would love to uh, have one. I mean, there's a, we all think we're excellent umpires, don't we, when we're standing in our village matches or whatever, our club matches. And uh, I think we might find out a few home truths if we had one of those. And I suggest we have a whip round and give Dean Elgar one as well, because he, he needs to have a look at what what's, um, he needs one in his pocket, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I have to admit, I gave my son an LBW today, one of my sons. I mean, it, I, I felt bad and, you know, the batsman would inevitably have a sledge at me on the, on the way off because I'm giving my son an LBW, but it was absolutely palpably plumb, back on his stumps, hitting him in front of middle and off. So I couldn't really not give it out in a way. It does put you in that strange situation. Now, I mean, umpiring, you know, it's another, we will do this on another podcast, but I, I have to hold my hand up and say the umpiring in, in test cricket is generally outstanding, isn't it? It is. I know. And it's so hard. Um, and I think we've, um, you could, you, you can have these, um, I think Sky have done these little tests where you can run a film and say, well, go on then, do you think that's out or not out? And, and, and you, know, you have a go and then how often are you wrong? I mean, a lot of the time it's the, and they're doing under immense pressure, these guys as well, aren't they? In real time and the rest of it, they have no, no, no luxury of replays. Um, yeah, it's, it, it is incredible how good they are. Listen, thanks anyway for your time uh, and, and thoughts today. And we'll be back tomorrow to tie up the series as uh, undoubtedly England will as well so we'll be back tomorrow night in the meantime thanks for listening Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.